Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a new book by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson is set to be released on September 13th. But if you'd like to get a signed copy, Eric will be at the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore on Saturday, September 17th from noon to 5, and we'll be happy to sign your copy. Once again, the bookstore is located right there at 1358 South and West Temple, just west of the Smith Ballpark in Salt Lake City. That's Saturday, September 17th from noon to 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Aaron Shafawalif, my colleague at MRM. In yesterday's show, we were discussing uh, an experience that Aaron had while sharing the gospel with two Latter-day Saints, a brother and a sister. You would say they were probably in their 20s, maybe. They were just returned from a mission, and they were sharing with you about their mission for their church. But you had mentioned how when you brought up Isaiah 43.10, how there was no God before God, neither will there be any gods after him. And you coupled that with Isaiah 44.6, that he knows no other gods. You said that the young man's countenance kind of changed and he became stern. Uh, Whereas up until this point, it seemed like what, sharing pleasantries, or at least he was going along with a lot of what you had to say. Let's first of all discuss, why do you think he changed his attitude when you did that, When by merely citing a verse that his own standard works, because they do use the King James Bible. It reads very similar to what you had cited to him. I had brought up, of course, the ancestry of the gods idea, the idea that there's a family tree of deities and a heavenly grandfather and an infinite regress of gods. And that's an LDS teaching. That certainly yes. isn't one of our teachings. That's a part yeah. of the historic Mormon set of teachings by their own leaders. So while, while Latter-day Saints today might say that they have a non-committal relationship with that idea, that it may or may not be true, that it's too deep to talk about, it's part of the, the historical package of Mormonism. Initially, when I brought this up, he said it was quite speculative. It was quite deep. And I I mentioned the King Follett Discourse and a sermon by Joseph Smith called The Sermon in the Grove, where he makes these teachings quite explicit. And then we ended up bringing scripture to bear on it. So I asked him if I could show him a verse from the Bible, and I showed him Isaiah 43.10. I think it was realizing that I was not going to let the that's deep or that's speculative response stopped that topic from being addressed. Bringing scripture to bear on it really, I think, drove it home. And so I I think this, for him, showed him that this was a pretty serious issue. And and even though I'm being very polite here, very kind, what's at least implied here is that this is a matter of repentance and faith. This is an engagement of the conscience. And so I, I told him, I'm not merely speaking for myself. I'm not merely a part of a fringe Christian movement. I'm uh, standing in solidarity with all Christians throughout history, and I'm calling my beloved neighbors to repent of worshiping essentially a regional deity, and I'm calling him to worship the Most High God. So 
he was pretty agitated about this. You could tell he was trying to maintain a polite composure. And I, I could tell the conversation was probably going to, you know, in a, in a couple minutes. So I, you know, I did talk about this. I said, I tried to be uh, cheerful and, and celebratory and worshipful about this. God is the kind of being where if you were to go out into the expanse of the realms of creation, it's not like you're going to encounter the boundaries of his creation and see a road sign for another city under the jurisdiction of another God. There's not like a, um, you are, you are entering the state of Utah. You know, it's not like you are entering the realm of other worlds under the jurisdiction of other gods. And I'm kind of smiling when I say this, because I'm, this isn't just an attack on Mormonism. This is a celebration of the absolute sovereignty of God. I'm not ever going to get to the, the wall (laughs) or the border of the edges of God's creation as though on the other side there's a, a a branch of the multiverse or another part of the cosmos that's under another god god is the most high uh, all things were created through christ and without him was not anything made that was made so you know i could tell it was probably time to end the conversation. I had engaged the conscience. I had been kind and polite. I had pressed the issues. So I could tell they probably wanted to go. So what I did is I ended by encouraging this brother and sister that if there ever was a time in the future where they became disillusioned with Joseph Smith, that Jesus Christ could be trusted as a solid and durable foundation. And I said that there were churches in Utah available to them with people that would kindly and patiently and eagerly take them in and teach them to enjoy the simplicity of knowing Christ as all-sufficient. And I said, you know, Christians, we love to say Jesus is enough. So out of that sort of uh, tension building and the need to sort of end the conversation, the brother and the sister started to bear their testimonies. So the brother uh, shared his testimony of the LDS Church being true and the Book of Mormon being true. Uh, He was firm and emotional. But, you know, I thought, this is not a rhetorical battle. I don't need to have the last substantial word. I could tell he was bearing his testimony as a way to wrap things up and, and kind of push the eject button. So I just politely listened, and I, I let him have the last word. I shook his hand, and I thanked him for being willing to talk to some random guy on the street about things of ultimate importance, and uh, they took some literature, and they went on their way home, and we prayed for him. So you would look at that as being a positive conversation. I, I mean, we I don't think we as Christians should always expect that there's going to be someone kneeling before us, you know, asking God to forgive them of their Mormonism in the first encounter. That just doesn't happen. But at least when you feel confident that you've said what you needed to say, and then end that in a way that seems amicable. I mean, yeah. certainly that's, that's what we want to do. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. 
So what I take away from that is I should remain uh, encouraged and joyful. I should press forward and I should not resort to methods that are crafty uh, or I should not uh, tamper with the word of God, but rather I should give myself over to what he says, an open statement of the truth, a clear and direct engagement of the conscience of the person that I'm speaking to. So if you're doing evangelism, it's not just pre-evangelistic soil tilling groundwork that's preparatory for evangelism, which you might do in, in relationships. But if you're actually doing evangelism, you're engaging the conscience. And when you engage, engage the conscience, there's a tension that builds. And you might have Latter-day Saints feel that tension and uh, see the need for faith and repentance over what you've shared with them. And there might be, like we discussed in a prior episode, a felt need to resort to a, a, an exit mechanism, a, sh- a bearing of a testimony, or a kind of, a, uh, we agree. <laughs> we, we both agree on the same things when you know you've established the differences. One of the most helpful things that I've learned to do is when you've had these evangelistic encounters with lost people like the Latter-day Saints, uh, one is to do evangelism with other brothers, if possible, depends on the context. Two, to find a brother in Christ that you can talk about how things went with. You, you can debrief, you can process the conversation. You might have things that uh, maybe you can learn from and you can do better next time. It might not have gone well. Maybe you were faithful, but it still didn't go well and you, you need a brother to help you process and pray with you. It's such a great thing to remember the names, if possible, of the people you're speaking to, and then afterward to pray for them, to really give your heart to God for them. And say, Lord, please uh, don't let Satan snatch these seeds. Please, Lord, draw these people to yourself. Uh, and to celebrate, and to celebrate faithful evangelism and the gospel and the content, and to celebrate uh, conversations that go well. I-, I like to say evangelists are easily pleased. And I, that's just another way of saying it's good to be grateful. It's good to practice Thanksgiving, even for the small things, for a conversation going somewhat well or having the opportunity to share truths of ultimate importance. If you can make your evangelism social, where you do it with other brothers, you brief, you, uh, you, you do the actual evangelism and you do the debrief together, it will multiply your joy. It will minimize the burnout, and it will help for more prolonged, enduring, energetic, uh, continued engagement of a lost people. Now, you normally make it a practice to go down to a certain place down in Provo, near the Provo City Center Temple, as opposed to the other Provo Temple, which is over by the Missionary Training Center, where the missionaries go before they are sent out on their mission. And then also uh, making it a a common thing to go downtown, which we mentioned earlier, uh, downtown right now is kind of a mess with all the construction that's going on. But still, there are places down there that you can end up talking to people. I find North Temple, uh, which is a street, folks, okay, is uh, a good place to go because uh, at least on one night a week, the Tabernacle Choir Traditionally, Thursdays, right? Traditionally on Thursdays is practicing. So you get some tourists that go down there as well. And certainly you 
if you can share some preventive information that would maybe keep somebody from being enamored by this religion, that would be also a good thing. You make it a practice to go do this, and you do it with other fellow Christians. And this is what you're talking about, debriefing afterwards, discussing some of the things that came up in the conversation. Maybe someone else has a a suggestion of how this could have gone a little bit better, or maybe commending you that the way it went was a good way of doing it. That's encouraging as well. Or maybe you need a brother to say, brother, you were belligerent and you should be kinder next time. Brother, (laughs) you should, you should soften those sharp edges and learn and mature and uh, be around other brothers that have been doing this a long time and who have honed some compassionate boldness. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, for ourselves, we've done this for quite a while and we have certainly made our share of mistakes in the past. And of course, the worst thing about making mistakes is not learning from those mistakes and then repeating them. And certainly we don't want to do that. This is why having the counsel of a fellow believer who's listened to what you just said and can offer some wisdom and critique, we shouldn't take that as an offense. We should take that as a, as a positive learning experience. We're, we're all growing. We all make mistakes. And certainly we hope to grow from those mistakes. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a new book by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson and published by Harvest House Publishers, is a resource that will help you share your faith with Latter-day Saint friends and loved ones. Order your copy of Introducing Christianity to Mormons at mrm.org.